certain people, certain conversations, they're like a new pair of glasses in their perspective. And I'm so happy to have people like them in my lives. And even better, I am so happy to have had the chance to talk to them in long-form, honest conversation about the struggles that they've faced and what they've done to overcome that. These are some of my favorite influences, my favorite perspectives. Thanks for listening. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. Thank you, Dr. Zimmerman. I love that. In 2018, Public Access America devoted its attention to helping first-time female Democratic candidates win seats in uh, the House of representatives and the Senate, as well as local elections. We reached out to quite a few, and Dr. Zimmerman allowed us to help her. She would do a Sunday live stream, and then we would rebroadcast that as a podcast. And Dr. Zimmerman was in District 1, uh, Florida, which, by the way, is the district of now Congressman Matt Gates. Uh, yeah. And... Technically, Dr. Zimmerman lost because Donald Trump held a rally the night before the elections. Dr. Zimmerman was actually ahead before that, and Matt Gates was worried he would lose, and he should have been worried. And we should have elected Dr. Zimmerman. She was compassionate, she was loving, she was inspirational, and she was amazing, and she was crushed by that. And she had no right to be because she was winning until they cheated. All right, anyway, so... We have a show called Inspirations Beyond Disabilities, and to be an inspiration means to have a disability, but yet still go beyond that to advocate for that, as well as other human basic rights, and to prove that we're just normal people with a disability. 
but the disability doesn't define us. We're just cool. And we are just cool. And so Brittany and Caitlin and Shy and I had a chance to sit down with Dave from um, the Snap ne- Snack Network and TikTok. So you can find the links in the bio there. And then I kept Dave after a little bit because I just wanted to have some more conversation because it's just so much fun and he's such a great guy. So here's a little clip from that. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. You, you picked you picked a, a good cast of people for this show. Honestly. Trust me, before before I found you, after I started finding Shy and stuff, I, I did a disability show called Access to Accessibility. Mm. Way back, I tried it. We ran it for like 14 episodes or something. It just didn't work because... I, I want everybody on a podcast to I don't I don't care how stupid I fucking sound like right. fine like I, if I sound like an idiot that's great but I don't want anybody else kind of sounding kind of just eh like right. like if, if I can hear it in the show as a as a person on the show I'm not going to keep it going I'm just going to kill it yeah yeah because uh, we listen to it i listen to my episodes three times if i sounded stupid yeah. i hear that constantly <laughs> yeah no and, and, and i don't care I, I like i said i don't care what i sound like i'm stupid that's fine but but if i'm if i'm making something that i just know isn't good i'm just gonna kill it that's fine yeah. um but so <laughs> I, I i started seeing this this group and seeing some competent people who could actually run a show and i'm like Disability yeah. podcast, and then Shy's buying podcasting and Mike's equipment. So I'm like, son of a bitch, Shy. Hi, hi, hi. I'm Dave. Right, you got her first. and you got her first. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's so weird because Caitlin put a video out, and she's like, I woke up depressed. I just don't. I'm gonna work out and try and get happy again. And I was like, Caitlin, anytime you want to talk, anytime you need something. Let's, yeah. let's record because you need to be active in something. I don't want you spiraling into depression. So I asked Brittany, I was like, Hey, would you ever consider doing a podcast with Caitlin and Sadie? And she was like, Oh yeah, definitely. And then, so I was like, Hey Sadie, we're recording today. And she's like, never responded. So a half hour before recording, I was like, Hey, shy, would you consider sitting in? And she was like, sure, why not? And I was like, oh, cool. Oh, and so I, you got shy by by, by accident. Yeah. yeah. Because because as soon as she started buying that equipment and I started seeing, I was like, look, you're gonna start a, you're gonna start a podcast with your boyfriend, and that's great. Fantastic. Go do yeah. that. Doing podcasts is really hard. Yeah. I know this from experience, and, and being consistent is hard. But shy, I'd love to have at least one conversation with you. Right like at, at least and i think it could become something bigger than a, a one-time conversation and yeah. i just we we never really worked it out yeah. and then and then i see her on this show and i'm like son of a bitch it was this just, guy <laughs> so random it was just so random you know what yeah. i mean and yeah. honestly she has she has the perfect energy like i don't i don't know if they can tell but they are probably three of the most beautiful people i know you know what i mean and oh yeah so oh, I yeah. tell I tell them that I'm like you just you're all just so inspirational and beautiful because I don't know if they can tell because they're blind you know what I mean yeah they're right <laughs> but they are they're, they're they're beautiful people and I thought about it and like my show pub welcome to public access America by the way Dave oh my, oh hi <laughs> my show has a co-host Jeffrey who's also missing uh vision in one of his eyes and then jeffrey 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 is also my best friend i have a friend named jeff he's my best friend awesome but then i have (laughs) this show and i realized the majority of my network is uh visually impaired you know what i mean 
this is, I have not had many people on podcasts that I've done with disabilities in general. I've, I've mostly, my, my way with podcasting is to surround myself with people who are much more talented than I am. Right. And then, then feed off of their energy right. to make, to make a great podcast by them being awesome. <laughs> there was this awesome thing. I had this show, Adam has a beard and then public access America and the Denton County collective. And I was on all three of them. And it was this like trilogy of conversations every week, but then it just, Adam wanted to do it himself, which I love. You know what I mean? He took over the production of his show, Denton County Collective, kind of petered out, Florida Action Podcast, petered out. But I always wanted this continuing conversation with different people. Like, I'll ask you about something, and then the next show, I'll be like, do you know what Dave said? And they'll be like, really? And then the next show, I'll be like, do you know what Jeffrey said about what Dave said? And it'll be, <laughs> it's just this awesome thing of changing of perspectives, you know? And, and, the, and the beauty of doing stuff like that is that the audience who's listening to all the shows gets this really cool, like, experience. Yeah. The problem is, is when people don't listen to all the shows. <laughs> right. Or when your girlfriend listens and says, Who's the Puerto Rican girl you're in love with? <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's 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 why when I came on your show, I had to say like, oh no, like there's a guy on it. I promise, it's three girls, a guy, and me. <laughs> like, like, don't don't be jealous about it. It's fine. Right. Trust me. It's it's it, look, we're all just blind friends talking about blindness. Yeah. Um, and more. I wanted to and, show and, people and, that and we, more. Yeah, because I think like that sex thing. How do blind people have sex? Either, either you think that we don't know how to have it, or even worse, you think that people w- aren't willing to have it with us. And Here's, both ways to me is an insulting innuendo. Oh, yeah. That I'm not going to feed into, you know what I mean? No, yeah, there's there's no way to have that conversation politely. No. It's a stupid, it's a stupid conversation. It's a, most yeah. most people, most people in the world even most species of living organisms have some sort of sex drive, right? right. So obviously. <laughs> yes. Even people without the natural parts still find a way to share affection with others. And, and I hate and, that. And, I hate that. And honestly, I mean, I, and people have already brought this up in this conversation because despite the fact that I don't necessarily want to be a part of it, I'm still seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. The people who have sex with the lights on are kind of strange people in general. <laughs> so, so really what we're saying is the people who enjoy seeing everything of that entire experience are probably the weird ones. Yeah, probably, but I think it's, to, I'm single. So it kind of depends on who I'm with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tone of lighting goes up, the more attractive my partner is, <laughs> but that's me, you know, that's, that's a personal choice. choice. So the one thing I did, I didn't have many things to think about, but you commented on something that's been going around and it's defining, finding the words to define your visual acuity, such as low vision or legally blind or uh, blind. And you have to try and people are trying to come up with a term to describe themselves to other people that aren't going to understand it anyway fuck fuck the terms and this is this is thank you like like really like sure by by definition i'm legally blind Mm -hmm. right and to people who are too stupid to figure out that i can still see things right right who who can't comprehend that definition don't need to come up with a partially sighted or visually like visually impaired we don't need these we don't we don't need 25 fucking terms Right. right It feels like, like we're eating our own. 
you know? Yeah. You just, just say whatever one makes you feel better, makes you feel comfortable. It's fine. And, and people's interpretation of what you're saying, they should be smart enough to figure it out. Blindness is a spectrum. That's a lesson that everyone needs to learn, right? Legally blind means something, right? Yes. It means you've passed the threshold of being, you know, farsighted to blind you know blind by the government right right yeah, and, right it, and to so me it sounds like understand I'm that and then move, move on <laughs> i'm technically blind but i want to say that blindness is a spectrum that starts at 2020 if you're below 2020 you have some form of blindness you know what i mean right, right. It, it's like right. it's like autism it's a spectrum you could be slightly autistic or majorly autistic but so, so, right. so if you say that, partially sighted that that partially sighted legally right. blind and visually impaired right the only term in that list that means fucking anything at all honestly is legally blind right because it has <laughs> the word legally in it which means yeah. the doctor says wow you can't read that <laughs> but the difference between visually impaired and partially sighted yeah both mean very little <laughs> right but people ask me all the time, why doesn't Jason have a job? He doesn't bump into walls. Like, he's not blind. He's faking it. Like, he doesn't oh, yeah, bump no, into okay. walls. Well, no, because I, 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 nobody takes me out. I sit in my house and I walk around it for, you know, 20 hours a day. Of course, I'm not going to bump into the wall, you know? Believe it or not, I know where the walls are in my own house. Right. And I have these little blue nightlights everywhere. My friend came over and the, he's like, it's so dark in here. And I was like yeah which was the other thing do you sit around in the dark yeah i do (laughs) do i prefer do i prefer the dark if i'm watching a movie right right, or i'm watching tv or any of those things right i don't need any more light than the tv if i need to get if i need to go to get to the bathroom to go pee in the middle of the night i don't turn any lights on i don't need i don't i don't need them they they mean nothing in the scenario i'm perfectly prepared to not use them because the reality is I don't rely on my sight ever. Right. My sight in any situation is at the bottom of the list of things I trust. (laughs) Right. Like I'm listening for things that are coming at me, not looking for them. Yeah. Uh, It's not that I don't use it at all because obviously the world is built around people who do have vision. Right. right? And the way my vision works, I can see things like stoplights and stuff enough to get across the street sure right but do i count on that hell fucking no Mm. no no i listen for cars moving first if i hear a car coming i don't cross despite the fact that i can see that walk sign yeah i'm still gonna wait people have made fun of me for it right but make fun of everything though but right that's exactly the point you'll make fun of all sorts of shit and you learn that especially when you're impaired in any way but you'll, you'll learn but like no i rely on that hearing first so if this car is coming down the street sure it might stop mm-hmm. right but i'm listening for it to stop or listen to it slow down first yeah. before i cross with the walk sign i'll never hear a car stop if he stops to let me go i i get annoyed because it, you're just as blur off in my distance and i can't see you in the car so i don't know if you're oh, going to oh. go like you're gonna go after i didn't go and now it's this thing i'm just not gonna go i'll sit I, down. i'll sit down i'll be like go <laughs> my favorite thing is and, and because i can't see enough like people know that i can see like most people don't realize that i'm visually impaired right. or blind at all nobody Me notices too. um 
And so people will like drive past me and like wave. Right. And then they'll honk their horn. And I wasn't looking because I can't see the damn people inside the car. Right. I can see the car, not the people. Yeah. Yeah. I can see the car. That's great. And if, if you're a car, I see every single day, I might be able to pull it out. Especially right. in a space that I frequently see that car in. Like, I might be like, oh, I know that's your car. Right. right. But I'm never going to know who the hell waved. And then I'll go to, <laughs> I'll go to the place I'm going to. And they'll be like, hey, Dave, I drove past you. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. They're like, didn't you see me? I'm like, are you kidding? Me? <laughs> like, is that a real question? Right. I have and, a... and, and sometimes it is because they, they're just so unaware. But because that's, most most of the time I'm just functioning without it. That's I try to take that as like a compliment. Like you, just, I do too. Usually, the average person doesn't know I'm blind, so I never get mad when they're like, "What? What?" That was our conversation with Dave from the Snack Network on YouTube, and you can follow him on TikTok just by clicking the link in the description portion of this podcast. It was a fun time. If you want to hear more of our conversation with Dave and Brittany, Caitlin, and Shy, go ahead and check out Inspirations Beyond Disabilities on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere, actually, that you want to find a podcast. You can also check out the live stream by going to Public Access America, finding our playlist section, and you'll find all of the live streams for all of our shows, Public Access America, Denton County Collective, um, and Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. You know, this next clip, I didn't even intend on putting in the show. But as I was sitting here looking through the files that I have, I had to do it because it's a great conversation. And I clipped it down originally as a Instagram video to get it out there. And I don't it's not getting enough listens and people need to hear this. And Denton County Collective, I don't know, it's it's not getting the traction, but this episode I thought was an amazing conversation and an important one for others to hear. So we, in our first episode, we had a conversation with Mari and Joe and I could be there and Mari could be there, but Ryan couldn't be there. And so in creating this episode, it was the first one I was creating for sound engineers and, um, yeah, I'm not a sound engineer. I'm a podcaster. I try to be an amateur sound engineer, but I am not. So I didn't know if the guys were going to want this video, uh, this podcast, this episode, or if they were just going to scrap it and then move on and say, we'll wait till we have Ryan, which I kind of expected them to do as well as I didn't know if they were going to like the way that I created the podcast, which actually they did, which made me really happy. Although it did have major issues in editing because it's the first time you're trying to create a cohesive partnership in creating content. So, but this conversation with Mari was so exciting and I had no idea who Mari was. And honestly, knowing her has changed my life. She's one of the most amazing people I know because of the brain that's inside of her head. And so it's it's something that's literally changed my life. And so this conversation, I hope I hope really changes yours. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. I'll be right back right after this clip from the Denton County Collective. Well, that they're they are illegal, right? Right. But this, you know, cannabis and sex work are valid things with valid uses, and nobody should be dehumanized because of those things. That's right. I agree. So I use the word cannabis and sex work 
because okay. that honors people who are involved in those things Amen. and yeah, it doesn't yeah. make them sound like criminals absolutely so like you know when you hear talk, like legalized marijuana i mean i agree with you but at the same time it's like that term has like a racist history to it exactly sure um okay this list is long so yeah. i'm gonna zip through it well we'll see if we can we can we can make it longer by just <laughs> just, <laughs> just alert me if there's one that you want to unpack deal okay I wrote down, if you care about a trans person or want to be friends with a trans person or want to be intimate or romantic with a trans person, retire these words and phrases, colon, biological man or woman, genetic man or woman, born a man or a woman, normal man or woman, real man or woman, um the word straight when discussing someone who is cisgender uh the word transgendered and transgendered that's a that's a grad that's a that's a a, a, a a grammar thing for me and it kills me every time someone does it around i'm just like why 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 would you do that it's a perfectly good word are we, are we gonna sit here and unpack that or? yes yeah we're gonna unpack them all can we can we my friend so says we, we, gays we, and blacks and it goes along with that i hate that <laughs> i don't like it either so the 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 idea that there's qualifiers right that's what a lot of those first ones seem to me is that they were things that were qualifying something as being something that's okay or not something that's being it, it, you're, you're adding the idea that there's something to be denied or rejected in that and that that's what i kind of picked up from those that the first ones there well here's the deal i'll make it real simple please i think y'all know like english grammar yeah i'm making that assumption so gender is a noun right uh it's not ever an adjective right uh gendered can be an adjective sure like gendered language mm, gendered gen genderfied gender that's different that's, <laughs> different that's different that's different that's that's for a different episode jay <laughs> yeah. um, so Sorry. but it sounds so it sounds like transgendered should be a word but sure. transgender is the adjective yeah. it's not, transgender is not a noun right. ever right. so transgenders is not a noun it's also not a verb the right. verb form would be transition yeah. which is also a noun so it can it's a you know it's not so much that you're a bad person if you use this word it just sounds like you know don't, you don't know what you're, you're talking uneducated about. for and sure and it's definitely yeah. not a proper noun right um, well it could be somebody's name but that's that's an odd choice so continue your list money so transgender is an adjective absolutely so when i say i'm a transgender woman a trans is just short for that when i say i'm a transgender i'm a type of woman sure. and and whenever sometimes people put me in catalogs because i'm a composer and i'm a minority in my field i have to tell them like do not separate the categories like transgender is not a separate gender identity from woman i see what you're saying i am both transgender and woman, and woman. Right. Yeah. wonderful that's wonderful so um yeah 
Thank you. The next yeah, term is seriously possible. Possible. I'll write publicly, you know, passing. You can pass as a person, right? It's like, well, so the word pass is like, what does it imply? Like, if you're not a passing, deception. Yeah, or there's exactly. A, you're yeah. failing. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, it's also just, it's better to say assume. Sure. So, like, I'm assumed to be a cis woman in most contexts. Absolutely. I have um, heard that term used with transvestite more than transgender people. Transvestite. You know, that's you're, not you're passable. You're passable as a woman type of thing. Oh, that's. But I've never heard it used with a transgender woman. <laughs> don't, don't say that. You know, there's like, I'm really into drag race, RuPaul's drag race, and sure. this. There's a lot of things where it's just like they should not be saying that, or it's okay for them to say that, but not right. for other people. So there's a lot of that. Okay. Uh, pass as a man, pass as a woman. I'd rather say, if you're going to use the word pass, uh, which you shouldn't, I would rather you use assume. But instead of saying pass as a man or a woman, I would say pass for cis, okay. assume sure. to be cis. Sure. I would never um, use I would never use that combination of words. I use it all the time. Okay. Um stealth. That one's kind of controversial. It's a useful word. Do y'all know what that means? Stealth? Yeah. I, I can radar? assume I can assume, yeah, I can assume what that means. Yeah. So when I graduated from college and I went into the workforce, I lived in stealth so that I would not get fired. Gotcha. I see. Um, transsexual, even that word is like, it's just kind of outdated. Okay. For sure. We know more about the situation now. That's right. Uh, old name, real name, girl name, boy name. Right. <laughs> All of those. Don't use those. Um, to transgender, using transgender as a verb. Right. Um, Transgendering, I've heard before. The act of the, the act of the act of transing. You mean transitioning? Like transgender? Yeah. yeah it's like, why, why, why would you just say transitioning? Uh, these are more probably obvious ones. It, lady boy, he, she, she, he, she, male, shim, tranny, trap. Don't use those words. Okay. What now? What is a track? A track? Trap. What, Trap. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. Go ahead. Have you ever heard that word used for? No, no, but I, I'm sure that happens. It comes from like anime, from what I understand. Okay. Hmm. Um, this idea that like a trans feminine character traps a man. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have that in our culture too. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, gender identity disorder. That's just kind of outdated. Um, the surgery, sex change, sex operation, cutting it off. Do you have a dick? How big is your dick? Have you had the surgery? Do you have boobs or breasts? Can I see it? Show me. Prove it. How do you hide it? All of those. And, the, and these, I assume, are things that people have said to you. 
Uh, Some of them are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, your child could be asked those same questions. Right. Fully. Um, it's particularly on like dating apps, you know, that's something that I have to, I literally, um, I'm just going to pause really quick. Please. Uh, one time on OKCupid. Wait, do you want me to pause? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to the list. But okay. one time on OKCupid, I saw a guy that I was very attracted to. And I read his profile and he was like a total package. Like, you know, look like somebody that maybe I could someday be in a relationship with this person because I think he's great and he would make a good partner for me. And so I matched him. And again, this is somebody who is like a veteran, somebody who had their own home, somebody who, um, you know, just was an attractive, stable person that knew how to speak English well and seemed to like have some cultural depth. And when he messaged me, the only thing he said to me was, how much, question mark. Wow. And, uh, and then I like unmatched him immediately. Actually, I probably uh, reported him. That I would report, that's, a, that's shitty. But I mean, I go through that a lot, like men with a lot of status and money and, um, you know, just have their lives together uh, tend to be very transphobic, even though they feel like they can just use trans bodies whenever they want or whatever they want. And like, I have never done sex work ever. So like my profile did not insinuate any of that. Like I didn't go to school for six years and getting into a lot of debt to right. be on, you know, uh, dealing with men soliciting sex or whatever. For sure. Yeah. Um, gay sex. I don't like that term. Straight sex. I don't like that term. Top and bottom. I really don't like those terms. Sexual preference, which is also kind of outdated. And uh, gay or queer as a derogative. That was my list. That was her list. And that was... Uh, that was an amazing conversation to me, and I, I had a theory that speaking to people from any point of wanting to know was better than pretending that I had already known. And so what you can tell from that is that I'm an idiot on the subject. But the, the point I really wanted to make was that we all start from a point of idiot. But not trying to find out, not trying to empathize, not trying to learn, that's the problem a lot of people have. It's, it's ignorance. It's not stupidity. Ignorance is not knowing and not yet having the chance to learn. Stupidity is not knowing and not taking the chance to find out. And so I don't know if you can tell by that conversation but Mari was uncomfortable. She didn't really know me, and she barely knew Joe. <laughs> and she agreed to be on the show for Ryan. So, but but it it came off, and it came out 
exactly how I had hoped. And I can always go back to that on my Instagram at Public Access America, and I can always share that list. And I can always go back to it and re-listen. But this was the unedited um, clip of that list, the list. And, um, yeah, I come off as pretty pretty ignorant on the subject. But guess what? Mari's my friend on Facebook. We like each other. We support each other. We have a message on Messenger. And we're really, I think, I consider her a really good friend. I think she's an amazing person. And I, I get messages from her all the time. And I love that. And I'm constantly learning from her. And that's what we need to do. We build empathy by meeting people that we don't yet know. We got to get out of our little bubbles and and move on. And so you can check out past episodes of the Denton County Collective. Mari has been on the show more than once. We called out Joe Rogan, and you can see that TikTok on my TikTok at Public Access Guy. Now, for the next clip, I went I went into the Wayback Machine because this all is making me think of things, conversations that changed my perspectives and how it could help others change their perspectives because we got to get past the division. I'm going to tell you that Um, we're all human. We are all life. That comes first. That is the category we're in. Any other category that you choose to put yourself is in a self-made box that eliminates options for you. And we can't do that. Now, Kira Witt from Hot Mockumentary Podcast joined me for an uncomfortable conversation. And I think, I think we both kind of winged it. I had some basic questions and, you know, this is another time when I didn't really have a chance to sit down with an amazing, strong female black person. And I did. And she took my ignorance in stride and she, she made the best of it. She had that uncomfortable conversation with me. And this conversation changed my perspective because it taught me monolithic behaviors and monolithic theories are unacceptable in any argument. It can't be the base of any argument to assume that everybody is like everybody else. And the worst of your demographic shouldn't be attributed to you. So there's plenty of reasons to discuss and debate and argue over issues right? But we can't assume that you all are the same. And Kira helped me with that. And I will always, I'll always just love and cherish that moment. So here's a little bit of a conversation from um, my conversation with Kira Witt from Hot Mockumentary Podcast. And you can find the full episode at Public Access America in our stream on Red Circle, Spotify, and more. As a man, I've always felt like all right, I got to get this part of my life locked down. Once I have love, then I can do everything else. Yeah. And hmm. so, yeah, I, I, it's just interesting, the commonality of it. We both feel those pressures in different ways. Oh, here's a good point that you had that I really loved. Don't don't leave me out here looking stupid. I don't know if that's a black thing or a white thing. I think it's just a people thing. And I don't think, yeah. I don't think people understand that, that, mm-hmm. that I think people they're looking for the next best thing. And what the next best thing is, is to actually progress on the thing that you have. Yeah. Make sense. Yeah. Because something bigger is being built and you're just going to something smaller that looks shinier and it doesn't make sense to me. Right. So is that, is that something, I don't know how to say it. Is it something 
that black men do more? Um, no, I think it's just, uh, just like you said, it's a people thing, you know, okay. it's just, um, and, and that goes with friendship as well, you know, just don't embarrass me, you know, don't, <laughs> you know, cause I, I feel like if you're in a relationship and that, especially if you're married, mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship and you're out somewhere and you're doing something, you're a reflection of the person that you're with. So, you know, if you say that you love me and, and you want loyalty, don't embarrass me. It, I don't, it's not necessarily a thing that black men do. I think it's just a, a it's just, man thing. <laughs> it's just a man thing. All right, well, I like to get those. I like to, I like to prove to everybody that we're more similar than you would think. We, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, there is some cultural differences, but basically we're just still men. Absolutely. That's right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and once you can get past that, it's a lot better. I relate to like an old pit bull because I used to own a couple pit bulls. And mm-hmm. I'll just lay on the couch until somebody comes to the door and then I'll protect you till they go away. That's me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. I have, I have a rule for all those people that want to know a rule about relationships. And it's, I'll think about you if you think about me. But if you think about you, I have to think about me. Uh, I like that. Good. Good. I like that one too. All right. And then, you know, you did discuss this in your show, so I'm just going to ask it, right? Does, okay. a, does a white man like me ever stand a chance with a beautiful BGM? <laughs> BGM? I, you know, I wanted to know, what, what does that mean? <laughs> a black girl magic? <laughs> I didn't know it was a noun. I did discover from El Morosa it's a noun. So I wanted to use it because I think it's an amazing, it's an amazing description. Actually, you know what? You do. The thing is, I think I think white men sometimes might be scared of black women because I think they see us as this uh, monolith. Because because of stereotypes, you know. They first of all, my stepdad is white, and um, obviously my mom is black. Obviously. But <laughs> not obvious. This is radio. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Okay. I'm, We're I'm only just there. discovering now that Karen <laughs> is black. <laughs> right yeah, here so, on Public Access America. <laughs> yeah, so um uh white white men, you know, absolutely have a chance. It's just that you have to understand that like you just said, women are women. We have cultural differences and the certain things that we do or won't tolerate, but honestly, <laughs> we have emotions just like any other woman. We're very we're multidimensional. We have different types of opinions, and it's just that we're we're all the same. Yeah, black women, we are strong, and sometimes we have a tough exterior. But mm-hmm. honestly, it's because we go through a lot, and um, it, it's it's hard being a black woman. But honestly, if people would just approach us and just talk to us, because I mean, we're human. We're human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. Okay, that's a fair enough question. Mm-hmm. I, because. Between you and me, I, I'm in the dating world, and mm-hmm. I don't know how to, in this day and age, being in the dating world and not not eliminating myself exclusive, exclusively mm-hmm. to one race is tough because I don't know if they know yeah. that I know. And I think at certain times, they're scared of me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I honestly, um, white guys don't approach me. 
I, I don't know why I would I would be open to it but you know he has to have a certain type of awareness but they don't approach me and I don't know why I kind of feel like some might want to the way you know they look at me but I, I just don't know what what is there in your opinion I, why why <laughs> I would be scared of you <laughs> well or in general in, in general I I don't I find it the thing is, is that I don't know what's going to set you off. And mm. I, I already know that I'm, I got you on an edge, right? Mm-hmm. I already know that instinctively you don't like me and I can come and talk to you and change your mind, but you're still going to have that nagging feeling in your head the whole time. And it's tough to get past that. Ah, well, I'll tell you, you know, all black women aren't like that. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're all not like that. And there's a stereotype that makes us seem like that. But honestly, if a white guy came up to me, to me, I would just, you know, I would just talk to him. I want to get to know him. I'm yep. not going to just be like, rah, 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 because we're not like that. <laughs> we're, not, we're not just, you know, big, bad, mean bears that's going to attack. <laughs> I mean, we might have some some reservations. <laughs> but, right. but that's with any man. I'm going to have reservations with any man. But, but honestly... Yeah, <laughs> we might have the, as they say, the resting bitch face, but we're not mad all the time. We're very happy, happy women. <laughs> I believe it. I, I believe it. I don't, I, I'm not going to sit there and be the white guy that explains every instance and detail that I've had with a black person. But overall, <laughs> my experiences have always been wonderful. But I have a friend in Florida and he says his experiences have been different. And that's why he doesn't, he can't, he can't relate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because of his experiences with people. And I think demographically people are different. And I think, I think there's been so many differences to- tossed up that now in the day and age of social media, I don't think there's one similarity between any of us. Right. I agree. So you're no more different than my friend is to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 So I just, you know, I don't know. I think... I think that I'll leave it in. I think Donald Trump is creating unity through division. Mm, I can see. I can. Okay, that's an interesting perspective. That's me, full of interesting perspectives. I kind of think it's funny that I forgot about that music. That's so cool. Uh, You know, I was thinking while I was listening to that, re-listening to that, that it has to be so frustrating to teach people constantly the same lesson, to teach new people the same lesson. But then I think to myself, no road was built with one shovel full of dirt. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it's frustrating for Cure to have to answer these questions. But I really appreciate her for doing that. I'm sure it's tough for Mari to get keep continue to get those messages in, in their heads. I'm sure everybody is saying, oh, this again. You know what I mean? And even with Dave, he was saying in our interview on Inspirations Beyond Disabilities that the government didn't even believe him that he was blind because it's not his eye, it's a brain condition. And it's like this again, we're being questioned on how blind we are. And I understand that too. When people tell me, well, you don't bump into walls, you know what I mean? You, you don't use your cane all the time. You manage on your own. Why don't you work? Oh, this again, you know what I mean? And so I think we have to get past that, like trying to catch the scammer 
when it's not a scam. It's, it's just people being people. And another one of those people that really teaches me this kind of stuff is my friend Debbie. And I, I, love, I love having her perspective on tap so that I can ask her anything at any time. And we sat down and we talked in, an, in a conversation, in an episode called Conversational Introverts. And we talked about value, but we went on to talk about so much more. And honestly, uh, I just, I just, I really enjoy my conversations with Debbie. They're an amazing person. So thank you for listening to Public Access America. Enjoy this next clip. I do. Uh, just thinking about yourself in terms of how much you are worth, because I, you can't get my product without me in the equation. That's right, right. So I guess value is a combination of things. You're looking at um, time. Mm. You're looking at resources. You're looking at uh, experience and end product, right? And, like and convenience. Convenience, absolutely. Right. Um, and it's just, it's so difficult to me to like wrap my brain around this, especially as somebody with like an invisible disability. Like I feel like my time is more valuable because I probably don't have as much long-term time behind the chair as other people because the more I do what I do, which I love to do, mm. the less I'll be able to do it in the future uh, as my that. body kind of deteriorates and stuff like that. So I'm also putting a value on the fact that I can't bank on doing this forever. And so I have a limited time sphere, right. um, which is another layer to all of that. So your value bumps into their value. Mm-hmm. In, and it's in a, interesting in a to point. see. Yes, it's like uh, you're you're getting yeah. the kind of like sausage finger thing where you kind of right. look beyond it, right? Um, but you you have to take all of that kind of with a grain of salt when people look at you and they're like, "Oh, that's too much." I'm like, "Okay, what well, you're not paying for just a haircut? Mm. You're helping me pay my bills. You're paying for my time. You're paying for the space that we're in. You're paying for the electricity and the right. gloves that I have to wear and the cleaning products and." there's so much that goes into it and everything is so expensive. Uh, everything right. is so expensive. I had somebody the other day say, are these all your own tools? I'm like, yeah. yeah of <laughs> and course. he was like, does your, so does your boss like reimburse you? I'm like, no. And they're like, how much, how much do you think all your tools are worth? Like how much did you spend on them? I was like, probably about three grand. And he was like, what? I was like, that's why your haircut's not $20. You know? Right. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, like in a restaurant, it's it's um labor, rent, and electricity times mm -hmm. three, and so right. it always amazes me that people are willing to pay twenty dollars for a hamburger and fries when mm -hmm. I know that that's three times the price of what it costs the restaurant, and so I find it harder because I know that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's just the thing is like. It, I think we've we've kind of all grown up in this idea of like what is the best bang for my buck mm -hmm. you know what can I get for the least amount of money right. and still have it be okay right uh you can buy a hoover vacuum cleaner for 80 bucks and have it 
be the worst vacuum cleaner you've ever had. Right. Uh, Hoover is not specific, but you know, whatever cheap vacuum, yep. you can buy a Dyson or a Kirby or whatever. You can buy those high-end vacuum cleaners and get longevity out of it. Right. Now, what I find interesting and slightly disturbing about that is that the more poor you are, the more expensive it is for you. Yes. So you have to buy that $80 vacuum cleaner because that's all you can afford, but you're going to have to buy another one two years from now because it's going to break completely right. versus somebody who already has the income, the resources to be able to afford that higher end. They could buy 500 you know, yeah. of that vacuum cleaner and not blink an eye versus you know they get to spend the money one time and have it last for 10 years not to mention that's the percentage of income a man that makes 400 dollars a week spending 80 dollars on a vacuum that's right. almost a quarter of his income as opposed to the guy that could spend pennies you know 80 dollars to a man with a million dollars is nothing you know which is so funny and that goes back to value in general it's like mm -hmm. what is that thing worth to somebody who has everything it's right. like, how do I buy a gift for somebody who's got everything, right? Yeah. That's, that's I think, where intention comes in. It's like your, your thoughtfulness and your attention kind of um, plays a bigger role in... Um, I agree. Everything, <laughs> you know? So like, for you can, Christmas, you, for you Christmas. can make it like a card, right? And it means more to somebody than a diamond ring. That's right. For Christmas, my friend made everybody come up with 10 things under $25 that we could get each other. And mm -hmm. I said, I said, well, I, I just, I was planning on making fudge for everybody, like variety packs of fudge. And he said, Oh, that's great. And I was like, Oh, cool. And so I started making the fudge and he said, but you still have to get the gifts too. And I said, no, no, no. That is the gift. The, the, this is, this is the gift. And I made an extra one for his neighbor because his neighbor makes him cakes. Mm -hmm. She adored it she didn't need a 25 dollar gift with it and mm -hmm. in fact everybody kept saying wow that white chocolate fudge ooh, the peanut butter fudge ooh, the dark chocolate fudge but nobody said you know thanks for the slippers or <laughs> the candle right they were like oh you know that that those slippers wow best slippers i've ever had you know right. like it's, it's that's what I find interesting about gift giving is it's a it's one of the love languages and not everybody appreciates it. Not everybody right. is like, oh, well, you know, I find value in this getting this gift. It's more acts of service. Like I just wanted you to clean the living room right. and that would have been a better gift to me than the $20 gift card to my favorite store, you yeah, know, I agree. because you just have to learn how to communicate properly with people and yeah. not, not everybody understands that about themselves, which is, <laughs> it, it makes I, you feel better, right? Right. Yeah. And, well, I love giving gifts. I'm not a good gift too. receiver. I'm like, Oh yeah, no. no, I didn't want that. I don't uh -uh. really care. Thanks. No. Um, but I like giving gifts because I try to be thoughtful. Um, right. Now, not everybody sees that as like a, you know, a really amazing thing or they, sometimes I'll get my feelings hurt because I don't feel like they're you know grateful enough which is you know I know logically that that's not the case but oh my gosh it's like I had a friend tell me if you're doing something to get gratefulness to get gratitude that's selfish and you don't deserve yes. anything from me because it's you getting something 
mm-hmm. not me. <laughs> right, exactly. And, Which is why you have to be so thoughtful. Like yeah, that hurt when my head though. That really hurt my head. Doing things. Yeah. How do I do things for people without getting anything out of it? And would I even want to? And am yeah. I selfish then for that? And oh, it was one of those conversations like our value thing that made my mm-hmm. brain hurt. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And it's still makes my brain hurt, although I am comprehending it a little better, you know, and, oh, it's a tough thing. And I love Debbie. She's amazing. And she was on a podcast called Friends and Anemones, but that stopped. But I am really, 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 I really want her to come back in some way, shape, and form as either somebody that talks regularly on Public Access America or that helps and joins me in creating a new podcast. Red Circle is free, Debbie. Red Circle is free. We can meet once a week anytime you want, and we will have weekly episodes. Call it whatever you want. I'll do all the work. I just want your voice. And to wrap it up, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite people on the planet, probably not one of, the favorite person of mine on the planet is Lexi. And Lexi wanted to discuss religion, secular parenting, secular humanism, and she had me right there. And so she said that one of her inspirations, one of the people that she looks up to, one of the people that taught her how to get through life as an atheist was Jenna Belk. And so I reached out to Jenna Belk and surprisingly, Jenna Belk said yes. And I had this great opportunity to introduce my favorite person on the planet who I truly love with somebody that she truly loves. And it was a great, open, and honest conversation. And Lexi is another person, by the way, I really want to do more podcasts with. Look, Lexi is open and honest about her struggle. And for me, knowing somebody that has struggled as much as I have throughout life, it really is, it's a comfort to me to have somebody like that in my life that I can turn to and not be judged for my struggle. And I would never judge her for hers. And we are friends to this day. And it's, it's one of the most, if not the most special relationship I have right now in my life. And yeah, I, it's the one I trust the most. And so here's this here's this little clip to wrap up from Lexi and I and Jenna Belk. And you can find this episode um, on SoundCloud. And if I can act like I am just talking while I look it up, I can even tell you the name. And it is Rice Serial Humanists, <laughs> part two of uh, Beginning to Understand Atheists and Secular Humanism. Don't we all need to be more human? Thank you for listening to Public Access America. My name is Jason. These have been some of my major influences in life, and these are the type of conversations we want to have, long-form conversations that move the needle in understanding and empathy, because that is what we really need right now. And let's work on that. Why don't you tag some of your favorite inspirations and role models and influences and And, uh, I don't know, cherish them. They mean something. They are something. It's so cool. It's just so cool to have them in my life. I'll I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Uh, We have a Sunday live stream, by the way, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Public Access America on YouTube.
So, uh, yeah, subscribe there. We have a lot of fun, and we cover a lot of topics, I promise. Real people, real conversations, every time. Love you, Lexi. You, you said something on your show that interested me. You said, I'm trying to solve my own problems, but I'm not waiting for an imaginary best friend to come down from the sky to solve them. And that just, that was like, I want to talk to her. <laughs> I used to think that he would. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I thought he was going to solve my problems. All I had to do was go about my day. He's going to solve my problems. Wow. If it, we were only that lucky. And then Lexi, you wanted to, I wanted to know about how you discovered atheism as well, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've talked a little bit about it Um. in the last episode that we did. But um, yeah, so I would, like I said, I grew up Pentecostal and then my whole family switched over to uh, non-denominational Christian. And I, in my church, I'm not sure if it was like the stereotypical non-denominational, but in my church um, and the Pentecostal belief is that you get dedicated to God as a baby and you get baptized when you're about 15 or 16, um, you know, in your early teenage years, basically. Mm -hmm. And so in my church, we had to read the Bible and find verses to support what we wanted to say and create a whole speech that you gave to the whole, you know, the whole mm. church pressure. Right. <laughs> and it was, this all big I had to do thing. was walk up there and say, ah, <laughs> <laughs> it was this big deal. It was a huge thing. Cause it, it was a choice. Like, you know, and there were several different people that would do it at once, but it was usually like three or four every Sunday. It was like part of the, the service, um, in the mm. summer months. Cause we did that outside. Um, and so I was, it was in reading the Bible, honestly, for the first time, you know, I'd heard my preachers and pastors say, you know, stuff about it, but it was my first time actually reading it. Um, and I've always been, before I even knew the word feminist, I've always been a feminist. Right. Um, and I read a lot about how women were degraded and second class mm. citizens. Um, I read a lot about infanticide and a lot about crazy stuff that I totally didn't agree with, um, you know, even as a young teenager. And so that's where my questioning started to happen. And I actually never got baptized because I didn't, I, I wasn't able to come up with the whole speech, you know, and I didn't agree right. with it. And it was very shortly after that, you know, within a year or so that I was like, you know, I just don't think I buy this anymore. Um, and, you know, it, uh, my parents were divorced. I lived with my mom at the time and it became such a big thing that I ended up moving in with my dad because, wow. not because my mother kicked me out, but because it was constant fighting like every day. There was nothing I could say. It was always, it always came back to, oh, well, you're just an atheist. You're just a sinner. You're just. If I had been an atheist in my household at that age, it would have, I can, man. Mm -hmm. I was lucky to have somewhere else to go because it was, <sighs> it was true tra trauma, you know, on top of yeah. um, struggling with, I, I grew up, like I said, Pentecostal and like the whole like masturbation kind of thing mm -hmm. was totally looked down upon. You were, you were mm -hmm. awful if you did that and you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're going through puberty. Um, and so I struggled with those feelings and, and those, that guilt that comes with it. And, you know, on top of depression and anxiety, which I have, um, and, you know, so it's became so unhealthy for me. So I just ended up moving away, um, to my dad's. They don't live that far. They live maybe 20 minutes apart, but, I pretty much cut off my mom's side of the family for, which is the religious side for a very long time, probably until I was like 20, mm. you know? I mean, I would see them maybe Christmas. I'd go by for a few hours just to say I had been there, you know? Yeah. So I just ended up not being with my family at all until I'm 23 now. So I'm until the past few years. It does that. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's so, it's such a shame. It's such a shame.
Has your mom calmed down about that at all? Yes and no. I mean, we're struggling because I do have a son now. Um, and she wants me to really raise him Christian. And obviously I don't feel that that's necessary. And I don't think that's a good thing. I can only see bad things coming of it. So we do struggle there. I'm of the opinion of, well, I'll just teach him about all religions. If I have to teach him about Christianity, I'm going to teach him about pagan religions and Buddhism and Islam and any religion that I can think of and explain to him at the age appropriate way, you know, a way that he's going to understand. Um, it's not going to be easy, but <laughs> my, my, go ahead, go ahead. my main point is to teach him how to think, not what to think. Totally. That's a new thing. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I've been listening to <clears throat> um, parenting podcasts. Like there's Parenting Beyond Belief what has been put on by the ACA mm-hmm. and it's not recording anymore, but the episodes are still out there and they're incredible. I still highly recommend it. But, and I actually got to interview Dale McGowan, um, oh, yeah? which is going to be coming wow. out, I think this week. So by the time this comes out, I'll probably already be out. So go look for it. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, I've been learning about parenting and I started kind of trying to reparent myself with it. Like, hmm. oh, so if that happened when I was a kid, this would have happened, but this is what should have happened. Okay. Right. And it just kind of, I don't know, validated me in a weird way, you know, cause I didn't get what I needed. So I learned a lot <laughs> and one of the people that I've learned a lot from actually is Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I saw a clip of him describing how um, he got his, his daughter started asking him about the tooth fairy, you know, and they, he and his wife were like, okay, well, why don't you tell us? Is there a tooth fairy? And so she's like, oh, and she starts investigating. She starts asking her friends, you know, <laughs> so she starts learning how to do this. Neat. You That's know, a great idea. and I, and it's, from what I've learned, um, it's my opinion that if they're old enough to ask about it, then they're old enough to get a get a decent response. Not, oh, well, you're too young. I think that's so demeaning and so de- in- dehumanizing. Agree. I agree. I love the idea of asking a question to a question, though. That's what I got a lot of that growing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's changing my life. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's so neat. And you're sending them on a journey to learn to learn. And I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity,
It's about how hard you can get it and keep moving forward. How much you can take it and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Podcast, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.